Join us every Friday for encouragement, freedom, and biblical truth. Grab your coffee or grab your tea. It's going to be a good one. Right. Hello, everyone. Um, you can hear my beautiful scratchy voice still. So I got my throat lozenges, my tea and my water. Um, but I need to kind of jump in really quick because our guest tonight, he's on a time crunch and I don't want to interfere in any of that. So I cannot say hello to everyone this evening. My apologies. Um, but we have back on, as you can see, we are talking about the seals in the book of Revelation and none other than Mondo Gonzalez is back with us. And we're going to try to make this a three-part series once he's done with his European shenanigans that I'm highly jealous of for, like, forever. Um, and then hopefully he'll be back on, Lord willing, October, November, December, somewhere around there. And we'll finish up one series on the trumpets. The next series is going to be the bowls, vials, or whatever your version says. So I think that's it. I mean, there's really not much of an introduction. If you haven't hit the like button, go ahead and do so. Um, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Again, I am not everyone's cup of tea. Um, I might have to mute my mic to cough a little bit, but I have Ricola. Hmm. I guess that's the commercial. I don't know. Is that a hmm at the end of that? Ricola? I don't know. Yeah, Mondo, Sandra, am I right on that? Sure. Okay, I don't know. All right, so without further ado, what I'm going to do is... Um, I first don't do the mug. This is like my own personal thing that I bought. So can I just do this really quick, Mondo? Good. Okay. So um, I'm very unique. And while I was going mug shopping for myself, I noticed this adorable cup and I bring this to work and it says, I'll get over it. I just need to be dramatic first. So there's the pig being all dramatic. And then when I'm over and done, see how cute. Oh my gosh. That's so adorable. But anyway, um, I'm going to bring Mondo on now, though, Sandra, because this week's mug has to do with him. So I'm going to put him on the spot here for a minute. So um, let's go ahead and add you. How are you tonight, brother? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Good. Um, thank you for allowing uh, me to introduce my cute little mug here. It's so cute. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. I do need to be dramatic. So, um, but this week's mug is actually for you. So, Sandra, go ahead and hit play on that. <laughs> okay. So, for those who do not know, Mondo, he likes to do this thing called jogging and running and climbing up mountains and stuff and yeah that just wears me out so i decided to get this mug because i knew that he was coming on and i thought it was quite fitting for uh, mr mondo gonzalez it says i wanted to go jogging but proverbs 28 1 says oh. the wicked run when no one is chasing them so mondo there's that so this is for you this week <laughs> uh, that's a great verse <laughs> well you know i don't know you're running 
So for all those runners in there, I don't know the wicked run when no one is chasing them. <laughs> How does that make you feel? You know, I guess you're never when, coming back on. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, I, I connected with that verse a lot because I was very mischievous. And mm-hmm. so I was I always thought someone was after me. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's a true proverb. It is. And now you're just running to stay healthy. So I don't want to yes. mock you because that's great. I wish I could run 50 miles a day. Um, all right. So are you ready to dive in? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to kind of dive in and then we'll leave about the last 20 minutes open for questions. So it's now 7.05. So I guess around 7.40-ish or 6.40-ish your time or whatever time it is on the East Coast. Um, we will then open the floor to questions. So what we're going to do, Mondo, is we're going to dive into the six seals of Revelation. And what's exciting about this is so many people have different opinions about what some of them mean. So I'm going to first present my screen here and open the Word of God this evening. And so I'm going to scroll down a little bit. And as we can see here on the screen, we've got Revelation chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, Then I saw when the lamb broke one of the seven seals and I heard, so clearly there's seven, but here in chapter six, we only see six and then we'll get to the seventh in chapter eight. I heard one of the four living creatures saying as with a voice of thunder come. So let me just stop right there, Mondo. Who is the, the lamb? People say that that's not actual Christ. It's the devils. (laughs) Can you help us unpack that very first verse? Yeah, I, I think, um, I'll apologize. I'm, I had to. I'm out in, on an adventure, doing some archaeology in Arkansas, and the hotel uh, did not have internet. So I'm in my truck trying to do this on my phone. So apologize for that if the quality is not as good as it should be. But I, the the challenge here, or not even the challenge. I think the consistency. You know, as always, jumping into any chapter of the Bible, it's important to understand what preceded it in the context. And so I think in, in just just real quick, in chapter 1, uh, verse 19 and 20, uh, you have Jesus giving an outline of the book of Revelation that write the things that, that you have seen, uh, which is chapter 1. It was a vision of Jesus. John saw him on the island of Patmos. Uh, write the things which are, uh, which are ch- chapters 2 and 3 in reference to the seven churches. And then those things which will be after these things, metatauta. It's a very specific phrase in the Greek. Metatauta also appears to help us in chapter 4, verse 1, which tells us that what you see in chapter four, verse one is after the things which are, which would be chapters two and three, or what we'd understand is to be the church age. That's why many people see chapter four, verse one, kind of as a type or a similarity to the rapture, the idea of coming up here, you know, you you hear a sound, you know, uh, a voice there. But so just contextually, whether that's true or not, what you do see though, is 100% that chapter 4 happens after the church age of chapter 2 and 3. And then you get introduced to this this scene in heaven where we're introduced to the living creatures, which are important because they appear here. We're also introduced to the group of 24 elders and then uh, surrounding the throne. And there in chapters 4 and 5, you have God on the throne holding the scroll. You know, everybody, John is weeping because nobody's worthy. And then, you know, Jesus, the lamb, it looked as a lamb that was slain. Uh, 
is is worthy is found worthy to open up the the scroll, which a scroll again in ancient times was sealed, had seven seals on it. And so, when we jump into chapter six, uh, we just learned who the Lamb was. It was the Lamb that was slain in chapter five, which is Jesus Himself, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, Revelation five five. So, to me, this is super important because. The timing of of these seven, these at least these first seals in chapter six, there is a lot of disagreement. Again, I, I always like to be congenial uh, to others in in the sense of uh, friendly. Uh, you know, we 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 love the people that disagree with us, and that's okay. We're not going to call them names, but we can disagree agreeably. And many people think that the seven year tribulation does not begin here that this what we're going to see over the, these these seals is the some bad things that are happening and, and we'll talk about those but oftentimes they're labeled either as the wrath of man because uh, we'll talk about war or the wrath of satan but i think the, i'll just say this and then we, we can we can go the most important thing here is that chapter 6 verse 1 as you have there um then I saw the lamb. I saw when the lamb. So right here at the beginning, um, the, the the primacy, the supremacy, the sufficiency of Jesus as the lamb who opens the scroll and who is worthy in chapters four and five. We cannot eliminate Jesus. Jesus is sovereign. He's in control. When these judgments begin to happen, these aren't friendly things by any means. When these judgments begin to occur on the earth, all of them are judgments. They're 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 negative. Uh, Jesus is the one that is in charge. So that's a good introduction. He is in charge. So I I'll keep turning my mic off between my nose blowing and my coughing. So you know I don't think everyone wants to hear that. Um, so I, that always baffles me, Mondo, because when people say that it's the devil, I'm like, can they not read? And not in our camp. Like, it's the camp where they just want to misconstrue the whole entire book of Revelations. I said that on purpose. <laughs> um, so let's, let's dive into the first seal. And it says, I looked and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. So there's a lot of things just in that one passage alone. There's some people say symbolism for the color of the horse being white. He had a bow with no arrows. Clearly he has a crown. So power was given to him of some sort. And then went out conquering and to co conquer, excuse me. So he has some form of, um, whether it be governmental power, military power. So how would you break down? And also, if you can, give us some other views. Some people think that that might be a, a system. Some people say that's the Antichrist. So break that down for us, and then also give maybe other viewpoints that our other brothers and sisters have that, again, agree to disagree agreeably. So I, I think, um, let's actually go back to verse 1 for a second, uh, because we... I don't know. Maybe read the second half of that because uh, super important part that we don't want to leave out. So, and I heard one of the four living creatures, that one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I heard one of the four living creatures saying as with a loud, vo uh, with a voice of thunder, come. Okay. So, I looked and behold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the th this is important too because the... Um, the, the phraseology of 
there's a lot of phraseology here that appears in other parts of the book Revelation. And this is going to become important when you come to the phrase in, in chapter 6, verse 17, as it relates to the sixth seal and the idea of the wrath of the Lamb and the wrath of God has come. So there, there's several, um, the word there is erkamai, it's a very specific Greek word, but here, this phraseology in chapter 6, verse 1, there's a couple important items here that, first of all, we're introduced to the Lamb. The Lamb is the one in charge, but what he does is he recruits one of the living creatures in order to administer the judgment because the we see that in uh, no surprise in the rest of the book of revelation that angels are brought in by god to you know the angel cast down his bowl uh, an angel stood in the sun uh, an angel went around through heaven you know declaring uh, you know the, the eternal gospel in revelation 14 so again right here there's no mention of the devil there's really no mention of man at first I think John is wanting us to know um, that Jesus, the Lamb, is recruiting angels or, or, or living creatures in this sense, supernatural agents, to an, administer judgment and to call forth that which is a, a judgment. In this case, he uses the word "come," which is the it's 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 erku in the Greek. It's an imperative of the word erkomai in, in chapter six, verse seventeen. And that'll become important in a minute, but. I think there's a lot of words in the book of Revelation where it says come. It's a totally different Greek word. I think what John is wanting us to know is, hey, what's happening here? Jesus is in charge. The angels are in charge through Jesus. The angels are the one calling forth a judgment. This is 100% under the sovereignty of God, and it'll connect with the wrath of the Lamb and the wrath of God that we see in chapter 6, verse 17. So jumping into the next verse, um, John looks and he sees a white horse. Now, this is important too because, you know, there's a lot of symbolism. Obviously, the book of Revelation has some symbolism in it. And the first thing that you do when you do uh, biblical exegesis or when you interpret the Bible is again, if you're going to look at words, you look at the same. You look at the, the 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 book. You might even look at the same section. Hey, is this word repeated? Is this Greek word repeated? Oh, is this Greek word repeated in the rest of the book? And again, if there's other English words like "come," did it use a different Greek word? Um, and and so, in, in that regard, uh, I'm just hold on. I'm going to shut off my uh, my uh, other things here, just so that it doesn't make noise. Um, yeah, no worries. So. The fact of the matter is, the word, the white horse, well, where else does a white horse appear? Well, we know, Revelation 19. So, this immediately should cause us to go, within the book of Revelation, there are several white horses. Uh, we know that we're going to be on white horses, uh, the army of heaven. But the other, the other guy on a white horse in Revelation 19 is Jesus. So, this guy here is he's he's called forth uh, in order to conquer, uh, conquering and to conquer. It's it's this idea of of Nikeo. It's the idea of of a of a of, of a. It's almost always kind of a, a negative thing in, in many ways. Not always. It just is. So the the white horse. If, if you compare him to the other guy on the white horse with to Jesus, it would be very easy. And I think there's a lot of uh, scholars that would say this is a reference to the Antichrist. Um, because he, he comes with a crown, Jesus has crown. Um, so 
is this a good guy or a bad guy? Well, some people actually say that this is Jesus. Absolutely. Um, I uh, wouldn't agree with that statement, especially because I would say (laughs) we have the lamb there in verse one, but this guy's uh, in tongue in cheek. This guy has bad company. He doesn't have good friends. You know, his friends, his friends are not good for humanity. And uh, so this figure is coming out. He's, he has a bow. Um, A crown was given to him. Now that's important too. What does that tell us? Who's giving him the crown? Mm-hmm. This tells us again that this figure is subservient to the, the the sovereign providential will of God. Whatever's happening in chapter six, verse one, with these seals, Jesus is the one holding it, and and the angels calling him out. And this figure is given uh, by God's permission the ability to go out and to conquer, and. And we know that, why would we think it's the Antichrist? Well, that seems very consistent with uh, Daniel 9.27, the prince uh, of the people that would come, uh, who makes a covenant with Israel, with the many. Uh, Daniel 11.33 is very clear that the many is is Israel. So there's no confusion there. So when the Antichrist comes in Daniel 9.27 to make a covenant with the many, or Israel, for that 70th week, um, we know many things about him. That's specifically as it relates to Israel in Daniel 9.27, because why? Daniel 9.24 says the 70 weeks are about Israel and about specifically the city of Jerusalem. So, but when we step back and we try to say, well, who is it, who is a guy, who's somebody at the end mm-hmm. who is given authority to go out and to conquer and, and, and conquering and conquer, he has a bow and he's he's coming on a white horse, which we'll see in the next one, that it seems to be that he comes at least in the context of peace, because we'll see why in the next um, in the next horse. But so we know in Second Thessalonians two, Revelation thirteen later, that the Antichrist figure is given authority from the dragon to rule, uh, very specifically. So. The the is this person the antichrist? I think that the the best evidence is yes. What about a system? Some people think that it might be a system. Are you talking? Because I can't hear you. Yeah. Oh, you can't hear me. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Hello. Can anyone hear me? Uh, Sandra, can you hear me? Oh, let me see. Oh, hold on a minute. Are you muting me? Is that what we're trying to get with me? We're like we're not talking to Kim tonight. We're muting her. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Are you there? Yup, I'm here. Okay, now we're back. I am so sorry. I, I, You're I'm muting aware. me. I got you. Listen, no. he's not coming back, guys. I'm going to find someone else to do part two and part three. Bye, Mondo. No, I'm if I get some better technology or so. Yes, okay. So no. hopefully you heard what I said. But I did. I heard everything. Okay, I go did. ahead. I'm sorry. So um, while I was looking for the book of Hezekiah, you decided to mute me. So some things will never die. Um... What I was asking was, is some of our fellow brethren think that this is a system and not an actual person? What are your, what say you? Well, um, I, I don't, in the book of Revelation, I would say, yes, it's, it's, you can't, you can't separate the beast from the mm-hmm. person. Um, because in the book of Revelation, if you do that, if you try to folk force it 
to only be referenced to one because again even in revelation 13 you have a beast out of the sea um and then they worship the beast they, they they're not worshiping a system necessarily they're worshiping a person mm-hmm. um satan gives his authority to the to the to the to the beast to do a certain thing uh which you know we have the mark of the beast so i think that uh i, I wouldn't argue with it i'd say yeah of course this is in reference to a system which ultimately is personified in a single individual so i have no problem saying if somebody wants to say that it is it's a beast system yeah i'm on board but i i i wouldn't um i would probably resist saying that it is only in reference to a beast system because um we know there's a person obviously second thessalonians 2 tells us there's a person so my question for those that would say that it is the, at a, that it is the beast uh system i'd say okay what's what's what are you saying what's your point mm. um that are you I, I would ask them nicely of course are you saying that the beast system doesn't include a figure of an antichrist person human being i think all of them would probably say oh well yeah it does so mm-hmm. i don't think it's really worth arguing about here right i gotcha all right so let's move on to the second seal i me can personally believe that this may be where ezekiel 38 sits um so it says when he that's referring to the gentlemen we just spoke about here in verse two i mean i'm sorry no it's not my bad be quiet the lamb. right the lamb when he jesus broke the second seal i heard the second living creature saying come and another a red horse went out and to him who sat on it it was granted to take peace i i mean i have it highlighted in mine from the earth so clearly i don't want to jump rain on your parade so clearly there had to have been peace in order to take peace that's how i read that from the earth and that men would slay one another and a great sword was given to him so let me just back up a little bit this is where confusion comes in especially with the rider on the first horse because now we're also saying him in a term of a red horse so how would you explain that then so uh, you know i think a couple things if someone um, would say, hey, you know, Mondo, uh, to be consistent, the um, is this a literal horse? I would say, no, I don't believe it's a literal horse. There's no doubt this, this is imagery that's being used to talk about certain events. The first one was the event um, of the, the Antichrist figure and his system coming into play. Uh, this would be, in my, in my opinion, it's post-rapture right here i think that mm-hmm. the seven-year tribulation begins in chapter six verse one not everybody does uh but i do um and and others do as well uh the the typical classical dispensational viewpoint is that this is this is consistent with daniel nine twenty seven and the start of the 70th week not everybody believes that that's okay um but in the same way this isn't we don't want to be hyper literal either that oh my gosh there's the antichrist actually riding a white stallion of some kind no 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 Th- this is simply giving us the imagery that that an event has occurred so the the event is the system or the person has arrived and in this sense um you have a couple things super important here and and you you have them highlighted jesus is the one again breaking the seal mm-hmm. he's in charge totally he's recruited- messed up on that i knew what i meant but it didn't come out that yeah, way. Go no, yeah it's, it's good <laughs> and he's recruiting a living creature Again, who the living creature is giving command. It's a second person imperative in the Greek, erku. And so you, again, you have the authority that these people, who even the, the, the first horse, 
they are subservient not only to Jesus the Lamb, but they're subservient to this very mighty living creature that's giving them permission. They are withheld and restrained for a certain time until they are, this event is allowed to take place. So in this regard, I think you nailed it, that uh, has there ever been peace on, on the entire earth in every last place? Uh, no. Um, but in general, I think one of the problems that you have in interpreting the the the, the, really, I would say the, the end time prophecies is that we tend to uh, put things into our own context. So, for mm-hmm. example, we have, currently we have the, the war in Russia with Ukraine and, and they're talking about world war and, and, they're like, and people are asking, are we in the tribulation? And you're like, man, dude, we're not even close to being mm-hmm. in the tribulation. You know, my life. Right now, I'm going to be going out, playing around in some caves, looking for some giants. I mean, my, my life is pretty, uh, pretty casual right now. When this happens, Jesus talks about the entire tribulation, and, and most specifically, it's building up. It's birth pangs, right? Birth pangs are bad. They're, they don't, they're not pleasant, but they're building up from the beginning of the tribulation all the way to the end. And, and then when we get to the second half, he calls it the worst time in the history of, the, of creation itself, Mark 13, 19. That includes the flood. So mm-hmm. what, what, ha- what happens in, in, in chapter 6, right here, verse, what are we on, verse 3, with the red horse— is this really is war breaks out everywhere worldwide this is this begins to set the stage jesus says in matthew 24 yeah you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars don't be worried the, the end is not here that's nothing to be concerned about you're always going to have that but when this takes place now peace from the earth is removed it's going to affect every person. I'm not going to be out. Well, I won't be here, Lord willing, because I'll be taken in the rapture. People aren't going to be out, you know, uh, worried about cave spelunking or caving. All of a sudden, worldwide war is going to happen, and we're going to see some of the fruit from it in the next few. But but also, twice, it says that, me, that men would sweat, slay one another. A great sword was given to him, and it, and it was granted for him. So granted and given, two things. Again, we got to remember that God is in charge here. These are, these are judgments, not of man, mm-hmm. not of Satan. These are judgments that can only be given by God himself. And the lamb, the lamb's right there. It says he, so we don't have to worry. It's supernatural with the lamb involved. Absolutely. Okay, so let's move on. Are you good with that, with the next seal? Okay. To to stay on track, I think we'll have to. (laughs) Okay, so when he broke the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come, I looked, and I saw a black horse, or behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand, and I heard something like a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not damage the oil and the wine a lot of um nuggets in that a lot of debate is it dealing with the economy are the rich still okay with the oil and the wine what say you mondo so again i think as we're consistent here uh we would say that each of these horsemen represent an event and that event includes a lot of things you know again the first event is the beast system and the the beast figure coming on the scene um in order to conquer given power to conquer 
uh, conquering and, and to conquer. Again, that's his goal is to take dominion over the entire world. And um, the, once the rapture takes place, that that beast system, the restrainer, the restraining, uh, whatever you, whatever, it doesn't matter who you call it, doesn't, doesn't, I don't want to get into that debate. The restraining influence is removed and therefore it's allowed. And there's going to be some events that follow that are subsequent that come out of the fruit of that system. One of them here we saw is war. And then oftentimes, uh, we're seeing this even now, uh, not that it's a fulfillment, but we see again the, the, the subsequent uh, ramifications of war in Ukraine. So just this week, what do you see? You see Russia uh, bombing some grain. And that's causing a whole bunch of problems as it relates to the food supply. So when you have a worldwide war, could this include nuclear? Why not? I I, I wouldn't be surprised, but mm -hmm. you're going to have problems now with uh, hyperinflation. So it's interesting here that this phraseology that is used, uh, this voice that comes out of the center of the, the from the center of the four living creatures, uh, we don't know who that voice is. That most likely probably would be God or maybe the ones sitting on there because the, the four living creatures are surrounding the throne doesn't we don't really need to know that but this phraseology is super important because if you do the calculations here um you know wh let me ask you this wh what's the minimum wage in your city uh, a minimum wage is 11 dollars an hour in florida okay so 11 bucks uh, eight hours a day let's just say that's 88 bucks let's round up for a hundred to a hundred dollars okay so the average person minimum wage maybe not the average but the lowest person at least is making a hundred bucks a day mm -hmm. so a, a denarius is a, a one-day wage so that could be more for others or less right depending but let's go to the bottom let's go to the lowest denominator here in this case, the, the, the three quarters of barley, if you, if you calculate that out, that's basically a loaf of bread. So imagine going to the store now, and a loaf of bread is one day's wage, 188 mm. bucks. Wow. So that is, now you're talking about um, these people that are left there, then that are coming under the wrath of God, which again is mentioned in verse 17. These people now, war war has taken place. The, the beast system is now coming into play. That event has started. War has begun. And one of the ramifications is immediately a judgment is hyperinflation. So you're going to start thinking in terms of, huh, um, how do I how do I stay ahead of the game? Maybe you got a one-year supply or two-year supply, whatever. But you're going to be really worried. And let, let's go to the next one because – this is where you see even even more specifications as it relates to these events coming to play and then the the kind of the um, cumulative effects so let me just ask one question how come in some it says he and some it says lamb how come there's not consistency at least in you this know, version we'd have to look at it in the greek because if you see the little you see the little cross there a little t or something it looks like you're reading the nasb um mm. i'd be curious what the marginal note said there uh of whether what they made a translation uh you mean that tina that, that's my highlighting oh oh, that stands, oh yeah oh, so okay. i can highlight it yeah so um we'd have to look at it in the greek to see if it's using the word lamb or switching back and forth i, I think that would be very interesting hmm, i've always wondered that off topic okay so when the mm -hmm. lamb broke the fourth seal i heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying come i looked and behold an ashen horse or in some versions it says pale and he who sat on it had the name Death, and Hades, that's just so creepy, was following with him. Authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword 
and with famine and with pestilence and by the wild beasts of the earth. There's a lot to unpack there. So, so, so again, what we're dealing with is we're dealing with events. You know, these aren't literal horses. Um, some, some people, you know, death in Hades, some people try to connect it with Isaiah 28, uh, talking or, or previous gods. Uh, some people see it that way, which again, I, I don't see it that way, but that's okay. Because death, thanatos is, is, is in the Greek is very specifically, um, a, a, a God figure, at least in, in the, in the, um, in the mythology of, of Greek thinking, as well as Hades. Hades was, um, Hades is a person uh, who is, quote, the god of the underworld, as well as the underworld itself. So you kind of have those together, but I don't think we, we would get sucked into that necessarily. But again, I see these as events. And what do you have? It's interesting that there in verse 8, these, this event of, of the first horse, second, third, fourth is now coming into play because it says that this, this pale horse, you know, followed by death and Hades, uh, they, they, were, they were given. So again, here you have the sovereignty of the lamb. Uh, the lamb was the one opening. Uh, they were given over to the fourth of the earth to kill. Well, that's with the sword. We saw a great sword was given to the, the, the red horse famine. We saw that certainly connected with inflation uh, with the third horse. And here you have pestilence or disease, a fourth of the earth. And then as it relates to with the beasts of the earth, it's interesting too, that pestilence, uh, Chuck Missler used to talk about this, that many times when we think about wild beasts, we think about maybe a lion or a bear. And he said, well, there's no reason to assume that it could be like beasts that you see in a microscope, uh, bacteria, mm -hmm. um, you know, other living, you know, a virus of, of some kind, small living. It doesn't, it, that's reasonable. And, and, and if you connect it with pestilence in the same that we understand things today, you know, you take Ebola virus or, or something, some sort of other bacterial infection that is super, super deadly, uh, it could mean that. But what, what we do know is that it says there that it, it brings up a number. This is going to be the first time in the book of Revelation out of two that you see a number. Here we have a fourth. Later we'll see a third. And it, so, you know, a lot of people will, will say, well, is this... Um, uh, automatically killing a fourth. Well, I don't know. You can argue it. Nevertheless, it was given a four, it, They were given uh, over a fourth of the earth to kill. So to me, I think that is a number. Currently we have a little over 8 billion. So just in the first four seals that you have here, you have, <coughs> excuse me, a 2 billion people dying from these three things, sword, war, famine, inflation, and disease, which makes great sense. And then in that regard, again, after somebody's killed, the event that takes place is death in Hades. So they're swallowed up by death. And then because they're unbelievers, most likely at this time, they're going to go into Hades, which is very consistent with Luke chapter 16. So that's a lot of, of judgment that has been now uh, given out by the lamb and by the supernatural agency of one of the living creatures yeah that one right there seriously a fourth of the earth i mean that's powerful to all those people who perish um so this fifth seal always comes under a lot of scrutiny as well it does and it, and it says let me open this here i can read it better when the lamb broke the fifth seal I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony 
which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be who were to be killed even as they had been would be completed also i'm emphasizing words for a reason so go ahead what well, does that mean <laughs> so it's interesting too that because some people will ask and i think it's it's a legitimate question it takes a little bit of thought is well, if the first four are judgments, then how is this a judgment? Uh, because we know that the sixth seal as well is a judgment. And I think that this is where you make a distinction between what we understand in uh, in understanding the church. In 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 10 and 1 Thessalonians 5 9, both of those in the context of uh, really eschatology of the end time, uh, that we're delivered from the wrath to come, and, and we're not appointed to this eschatological wrath, this seven-year tribulation. And so the church is exempt from that. Now, uh, in Romans 5.9, you have a different kind of wrath there, which is talking about eternal wrath, like, you know, judgment, like a fire wrath. So in this sense, anybody that's not taken up in the rapture, who maybe get saved and here we have, we have people that have come to know the Lord and who are being persecuted and who are giving a testimony, but yet they're being killed. So we know in Revelation 13, 7, that this continues, that the Antichrist is actually, it says very clearly that he's given, uh, he's given, he's given, it's, it's, it's a permission thing. He's given permission to continue to war against the, the believers at this time and to overcome them. Um, that's again. That's contrary to what we would see in 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 First Thessalonians five, you know, in, in chapter one. But the reason why it's a judgment is during the tribulation period. Uh, we see this in Revelation seven. That um, in Revelation seven, you have the great multitude who I think are another representation of those that are coming out of the tribulation, uh, and you know that they've suffered in the tribulation because it says that. One of the comments it talks about them resting, no more, no more harm to them, no, no more um, sadness or weeping or whatever. But one of the things it says they there there'll be no more heat on them. Well, you think okay, well that's kind of a weird phrase, but yet we know mm -hmm. later in the book of Revelation that one of the judgments is out on the sun and the sun becomes hot. So these are people that are not exempt from this eschatological wrath of God because I don't believe they're the church. So. In this case, a judgment is told to them, hey, guys, um, I appreciate your basically I'll paraphrase. Um, I know you're looking for I know you're looking for vengeance. You're wondering when it's going to stop. Here's here's some comfort. The judgment is, is set. It's not stopping until it's done. So there, in reality, it, it, when you're it, when you look at what's people are trying to phrase this in a context of comfort. Mm -hmm. and, and it is, it's very clear that there's a level of comfort, but in reality, what does is, what is the, the, the speaker tell them? Hey, there's more to come. It's not stopping. So the judgment is here that the, the judgment language, the event that takes place here is this, this question and the response is, it's only getting started. We're not done. Mm. Brilliant. I, I can listen to you uh, dissect this. Um, for a while 
Okay, so um, Sandra, if you want to put that up on the, the board, though, um, that way they can get their questions ready. Um, that would be great. Okay, so now we're going into the sixth seal. Um, and I looked when he broke the sixth seal. I can't say that. And there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth sack made of hair. And the whole moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree cast its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. And then it continues to let us know what happens. And this is where a lot of people debate this as well because of the typology used in these verses. The sky was split apart like a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Then the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks and mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come. Who is able to stand? A lot to unpack there. Mm -hmm. So a lot. Let's 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 um let me unpack a couple things here because the when we think about the 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 chronology, the chronology of the book of Revelation, that, that's a whole hour-long program itself, <laughs> because the way that it's organized, there's often uh, what scholars will talk about as parenthetical chapters. Um, chapter 7 is one of them, uh, chapter 11 is another, even chapter 12, uh, 14, so 17, 18. There's these, you see some progression in the book of Revelation, and then you see kind of a pause, and you usually see this always after you have six things that happen, like this, six seal, and then what do you have? You you have you have basically a pause revelation 8 1 you, you, there's silence in heaven for a half hour before the seventh uh, seal is open so that, that we have to be careful how we phrase this so the what we have to remember too is that the the sixth seal is not it doesn't just happen and then it's over the sixth seal begins and extends all the way to the end of the tribulation. So there, the, the sixth seal is kind of this starting, it starts, and then the ramifications go all the way to the end, which I think that's why sometimes people get confused to go, well, when did the sixth seal start and end? I think the sixth seal began after the, certainly the fifth one, but it extends all the way through the seven years. So another thing too, if we were to, it, I, I, I was reading some guy that was secular one time, and he was talking about the this this passage and he said look how stupid the bible is the bible says in one sense that all of the mountains every um it's really really small for my eyes it says uh the the fig tree there was a shaking that they split apart and riled up and then there it is every mountain an island removed out of their places. But then two verses later, you have the human beings hiding in the mountains. So that's a complete contradiction. And we might as well just go home and, and, and worship whatever we want because now the Bible's got a contradiction in it and look at that. What what it, obviously the Bible doesn't contradict itself. So what's happening here in these verses, we have to be very careful. And in many ways we approach it with a level of humility saying, well, 
What exactly does that mean that every every mountain was moved? It is true that when you look at scripture, uh, there's an article out there. When does every does all or every always mean all or every last one without exception? And that's not necessarily true because again, here's a perfect example. You have every mountain moved, but yet where were they hiding in the mountains at? So you have an event that takes place uh, of this cosmic event that is is reminding it's it's it begins to show um that that in a very i would say <laughs> cosmic way we've we've had these things that have happened on earth we've had some wars we've had some pestilence we've had famine and now the very stars uh, of heaven are are falling and the sky there's there's jesus says in luke 21 you're going to see signs in the heavens that are going to cause people's heart to fail them for fear and you have the response of the people saying let's hide because mm-hmm. what we've been experiencing is the wrath of the lamb and who can survive and it reminds you of what jesus said in matthew 24 that if that time period wasn't really restricted to at most or at, at minimum three and a half years in the in the great tribulation or at most seven years nobody would survive the entire every last human being would be killed on the earth they would okay so let us go really quick to revelation chapter 8 verse 1 um because the seventh seal which i'm I'm assuming you're going to explain so i'm not going to say anything but a lot of people are like well where's the seventh seal well it's wrapped up in chapter eight because it leads to something else so it says here when the lamb broke the seventh seal there was silence in heaven for about a half hour that's when they put me in timeout and i saw the seven angels who stand before god and seven trumpets were given to them so i can put us back here on the screen um so what say you did you keep that up or you got it yeah i'm good you're good okay so what say you on that verse then so again what you have is the seventh seal is not just open and done with like let's say let, let's say that each of the first seal chronology is a little tough in the beginning you'll have people that that claim they haven't dialed down to the last day which i don't i don't think there's that there's enough data to be that specific but let's say that the the, the first event it, comes starts out at the beginning of the tribulation chapter 6 verse 2 and then you have war taking place how long is that a couple years maybe one year two years which leads to famine uh famine takes time it's not gonna famine doesn't just arrive in a day famine takes months you know whatever and then of course disease takes time to spread so by the time you get to the sixth and seventh seal where are we at in in the tribulation uh are we in the 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 third year are we into the fourth Mm. year we don't know exactly and so but what we do know is that from this, I, I would probably think that the seventh seal is going to begin right around the midpoint. Uh, again, I'm, I, I, I'm not, I can't prove that from anything in the text that would, that would force that idea. You have some consistency with other passages, but we got to remember that the seventh seal begins there, kind of like the sixth seal. It begins mm-hmm. and continues all the way through to the end because out of the seventh seal comes the seven trumpets. Out of the seven trumpets, the seventh trumpet comes the seven bulls so the seventh seal itself is not done and over oh that happened on this day no it began on that day and it's in its unpacking takes the rest of the tribulation to happen Mm, makes sense yeah i heard that a long time ago that the seventh seal is opening what's happening next same thing with the trumpets and uh the only one that doesn't have an opening to an opening of course is the bowls okay well you did great have you ever done that like in less than 
<laughs> wow, that was a record. This um, is just okay. record time. So we have a few questions to answer, and then I always like to end with something, so hopefully we can do that. If not, no worries. Um, it's something that I found fascinating in Jeff Kinley's new book. So um, let's go to question number one, Sandra, and we'll get these up as quick as we can. Um, so this is coming in from Kathy Marie. So Mondo, the souls under the altar, are they all the martyred since the cross? Or are they those martyred after the rapture and then in the trib? And are these the same as Rev 20 also? Thank you. Okay. So I think, Kathy, you nailed it in the second part that um, anybody that dies since the cross to now, uh, their spirit's in heaven. Um, and, and then, again, from my perspective, they get raptured. Jesus brings them back. They get reunited with their bodies that, that, that which have been resurrected uh, from the earth. And so they're in their new bodies in heaven and the Lord, which I think is representative of the 24 elders. Um, to totally different topic. But so these ones... These ones are martyred after, during the tribulation, because there's, remember, during the tribulation, there's several different groups that are killing Christians, killing killing believers. Because, look, we often talk about during the tribulation, these are tribulation saints or tribulation believers. I think that's legitimate. But there are Christians. People, people, people are still saved by believing in Jesus Christ, for sure. That's the only way to be saved. So, um... We could say they're they're tribulation Christian saints, so they're going to get saved. But they're they're there. They die, and they're waiting for the the end. But in Revelation twenty, those that have been that it says, I saw those that were killed, and they're raised up. So those are the tribulation saints for the seven years. Because why? Not in the first half of the tribulation. Um. The, the, the harlot, the, the beast, the, the harlot system, the religious harlot system is killing and drinking the blood of the true believers. So you have several different groups that are that are uh, uh, committing genocide against Christians. One is the harlot, which she gets burned with fire in the middle of the tribulation. And then after that point, the beast system itself with the mark of the beast, etc., is now killing and going after Christians. We see that in Revelation chapter 12 and uh, Revelation 13, 7. All right, so next question is coming in for Tiffany. So there's a lot of questions tonight, tonight guys, that I cannot put up because his time is limited. So this is coming in from Tiffany. Question, did I hear Mondo correctly that he doesn't believe that it is not two separate riders with the fourth seal, Death and Hades? So um, I would say on this, we got to remember the... There's 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 the horse that comes, right? The, the we, we Death and Hades... We can't hyper-literalize it here. These are, these are, uh, the seal is opened. John is giving us uh, these, these images. And so we, these are events. These are events that take place. Again, the, the Antichrist event, we have the war event, we have the famine event, and then we have the, the, the if we want to call it the death in Hades event on the pale horse that followed. So um, I guess the question, if we were to hyper-literalize it, we'd say, well, there's four horsemen, the, the white, the red, you know, and then the, the the black, and then the pale, and then we have death and Hades. So now we have six. But I think I don't think we even need to to have that discussion necessarily because death and Hades follows that. And so if we get too tied up in multiple horses, I would say we're missing the point because these are figured fi these are figurative things that are pointing to to the reality. And the reality is these are events that are taking place that are happening and arriving as judgments. 
Oh, you're you're on a roll tonight. Okay, so next question is coming in from Ren J. Question during the tribulation, the locusts from hell are released and torture humanity for five months. The Bible says death will escape them. What is your opinion as to how that happens? Great question. So um this is later. We see this in Revelation chapter nine, um, in, in one of the later judgments. So th th to me, you know, it reads pretty straightforward. I find this fascinating, and honestly, I don't. I've never read. I mean, I read a lot, obviously, in the sense of commentaries and stuff. But I don't think anybody has a a, a grasp of what this actually means. Because imagine being tormented and death flees you, where you go put a bullet to your head and you don't die. I mean, I. I, I mean, would we say? Um, if someone was to be dismembered or maybe got, got the guillotine, they got their head cut off that they're not going to die. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I would take the text to make it that, uh, extreme. I think there, there's a, there's a, there is a truth here. Uh, but sometimes, uh, the Bible does speak in uh, hyperbole or other ways again, when it uses language. So, and this, Honestly, I have no idea. I mean, we know what it says, but it's hard for me to believe that if I, again, if I dismember you, that somehow uh, you're not going to be there unless, I don't know. See, we could say, you know what this really means is that my my consciousness is uploaded into a into an artificial intelligence or to a, a computer, and therefore I'm still alive in my body. We can go a lot of ways here, but I don't think anybody knows. That's kind of the fascinating thing about the book of Revelation is it requires a certain level of humility. We see what the text says, but how does it play out? Oh, man, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, amen on that. I agree. I'm glad you said that. Okay, so our last question is, man, you did so good. And again, I, there was some that were there, and that's why I removed them, Sandra. Could not get to everyone, so we only have a few more minutes. So, And I always like to share something with the gospel or lead people to the Lord. So no offense, Mondo, but that is more important than questions. So this is coming in, our very last one. As, so questions are closed, guys. I can't believe you've only been here. I'm just, I'm sad. I'm like ready for a three-hour marathon. It's quick. But you have, you have other things. Okay, so Jamie. Hello, um, sister, by the way. Cannot wait to have you on. So this is a question for you, Mondo. Do you think the first seal was open? Some say the sickness was the first seal. So... Is she, when she says the word sickness, is, is she referring to what's happened over the past few years, you think? I think so. If I okay. know Jamie, yes, that's what she's Okay, no, that, that's good, because, you know, I, I try to avoid the word, too, be, just for buzz, you know, but you're not on YouTube, right? This isn't on YouTube necessarily. Well, I maybe. am, and YouTube is probably going to ban me. I tell everyone to go okay. to Rumble, because I'm, I'm so, on a thin line right now. I would say, um, do I believe the first seal has been open in the past? Absolutely not. I think it is 100% future. Um, I think that, again, what you do see is this. I think I'm excited. I mean, I talk fast when so I get excited. I'm excited about the Lord's return. I think, however, I have to control myself because in my exuberance, in my in my emotion, I get excited. And when I look out at prophecy, I mean, I do this, I do this, you know, 16 hours a day. Um, 
I can I can allow myself to look at some current events, and then I can have it shape the way I interpret the Bible. Mm-hmm. I have to be really careful. You know, they they call that newspaper exegesis. We don't want to commit that mm-hmm. that crime, so to speak. And as I look over the past few years, there are some similarities to what you see in not only Matthew twenty four, but also in, in Revelation six. But I would say that we got to remember that the little bit that we saw, the the I had I had a little bit of discomfort. Obviously, some people were sick, some people died, people. But if you look at the overall death rates, they're like, wow, the overall death rates pretty much stayed the same because uh, many people who normally die by other comorbidities, perish and other things. Okay, we won't get into all that. There's no way. First of all, if we think about the first seal, I'm not sure why the sickness was compared specifically to the first seal because the first seal was the event of the Antichrist or his system, the B system coming on the scene. Um, now, that was 2020. And, and now we're, we're three years into it. I certainly, the beast system is not here. The preparations are here. No mm-hmm. doubt it's getting more and more every day. And, and the pestilence that we see, uh, it's gone. And then in reality, you look in and, and it kind of just killed off some of the weak. What, what you see in Revelation 6, in, in, as it relates to the third and fourth seal, we're talking billions, billions dead. Not, even if it was just, you know, again, one fourth to kill through the sword, through famine and through pestilence. So what we saw with COVID, it does not fit except in a very typological or seed way. And the Bible cycles these things often. But our, our, if the first seal was open, it would mean we're in the tribulation. And man, again, I'm getting ready to go have a, a burrito and I'm living, I'm living life pretty casual. When the tribulation is here... The whole world is turned upside down. This normal living stuff is over. Amen. Well, you've been a pleasure. Um, Thank you so much. Would you just allow me? We still have three minutes. Um, So I just always want to start reading this um, quote from Jeff Kinley's new book, God's Grand Finale. And uh, it says, why are we allowed in heaven? Would you pause and reflect for a moment on this glorious and wonderful truth? We who were once depraved, unrighteous, dead in sin, separated from the life of God and condemned to a Christless eternity in hell, have now, by His grace, been saved, forgiven, adopted, brought near, made alive, made righteous, and given hope and eternal home in heaven. So I always say to everyone, if you're watching this broadcast, whether it be now or post, if you do not know Christ, I implore you today, time is running out, make today the day of salvation because we are not promised tomorrow. So Mondo, thank you again for being on here. I could not wait until our next two episodes. Have fun digging caves and make sure you don't get bit by bats. Um, Be safe um, while you're doing it. And uh, do you have any closing remarks for anyone in the chat or post or whatever? You know, I I think that... um... I'll just go back. What you said was awesome. I mean, we're here for the gospel. Uh, a lot of this stuff is 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 fun and exciting in that it, it shows us that Jesus is coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not excited about the tribulation. I'm not excited about mm-hmm. the Jews building a temple. I mean, I've been writing a lot about the red heifers lately, and I'm not excited necessarily about the red heifers, only for because only for the reason that those things point to what's behind the tribulation. And and as we look at the world, we know the world's evil. We think about human trafficking and sex trafficking and all the abuse and all the other the horrible things. I, I lost my nephew, my 26-year-old nephew, in the last two weeks to a car crash. And and you, you see this, and, and it saddens you. But what we do know is that 
these things that are happening it excites me because jesus is coming back to make the world right and and to produce a world that's filled with righteousness where god gets all the glory and we get to participate in that i mean and so at the end of the day seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness matthew 6 33 that really is the goal for all of us whatever we're doing um you know you could be an engineer you could be whatever whatever you do do it for the glory of god but always be ready to be a witness and a light and, and to and, and to do good and and to speak truth mm -hmm. in love amen all right so just hang tight two seconds so we're going to end this broadcast sandra so you got all the buttons though girl all right so guys until i see you here there or oh join us let me really quick sorry on August 25th, that's going to be our first uh, Just Unplug episode. It's going to be me and Sandra, and we have something very fun and funky planned. So please tune in. I wanted to add an extra podcast. My life says I do not have time for that. So it's, these Just Unplugs are going to be a random Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, but anyway, so I forgot who's coming on next week. I feel like it's somebody, but I can't remember right now. But join me and Sandra for our first Just Unplug episode on August 25th. It's going to be a good time. So anyway, you guys have an amazing evening until I see you here, there, or in the air. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed the content, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Also head on over to our website, lifeclipspodcast.com to find out more information. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, send us an email at questions at lifeclipspodcast.com. And as I always end it, I will see you here, there, or in the air. Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus.